on the evening of Thursday, June 7th, Doug Ford, leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party, became the next premier of Ontario. The election's been described as Canada's dirtiest political campaign in recent history. In a lot of ways, seemed a little too familiar to the populist politics we saw in the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign. If the Ontario election is any indication, populism may be on the rise here. So Canadians should be asking the question, will U.S.-style politics become the new norm in Canada? I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. Breaking news, a major development tonight. Sixteen minutes after the polls close and Global News is projecting a progressive conservative majority government. My friends, this victory belongs to you. People of this province spoke loudly and clearly tonight. Doug is going to prove to be a great leader. He deserves it. So do the people of Ontario. And why does he deserve it? Why do the people deserve it? Because he's worked hard for it. I also need to acknowledge my opponents in this race to Kathleen Wynne and Henry Orban. I am resigning as the leader of the Ontario Liberal Party. And what we just witnessed, I have never seen in all of my years covering politics. This is a soap opera meets a reality show meets House of Cards. It's like nothing we've ever seen. But what does today's win say about populism in this province and the Trump effect that some people will point to? The newspapers around the world are going to say one thing, and they're going to say Trumpism has come to Canada. Is that fair? This populism wave, it's a very, very dangerous situation. This is a Pandora's box. I will never forget the trust you put in me. My friends, help is here. Let's talk about how we got here. I mean, Doug Ford got a majority government. How did we get here? I've got to be honest. Um, you know, as someone who's covered the last five provincial elections, I mean, This was the ugliest, dirtiest, nastiest campaign. It wasn't about policy. It was about hit after hit after hit. And that's what politics has come to today. Alex Pearson is a talk show host on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Everyday people just want, you know, a little bit of return on their investment. You know, they're not asking for much. And so a guy like Doug Ford comes in, kind of shakes things up. We've got to get back to authenticity. That's what I want. Give me someone who's authentic. If you can't do it, tell me. We can't afford to do it, but I'm going to reduce your prices by X, Y, and Z. And you just don't get that. What you get is a bunch of politicians with talking points, very rehearsed. And and I think that does a great disservice to people. Do I wish we were going to win the election? Of course. Of course I do. But that's not going to happen. They continue to push the same radical ideology that crippled Ontario under the Bob Ray government. I just want to ask people who have not made up their minds to um, to imagine what Friday might look like with Doug Ford at the helm. It was one of those elections where every day we'd wake up to a, a Hitler meme or a anti-poppy story or, again, a lawsuit with Doug Ford. It just went on and on and on to the point where I think people are just sick of it. 
Honestly, that reminds me so much of the 2016 U.S. election. We were waking up to something crazy every single morning, and you had this populist candidate who nothing seemed to stick to. Can we connect those dots, though, and say that Ford is... Canada's Trump? No, I think it's easy to throw it out there. And the the politicians did that. And I don't actually see Doug Ford as Donald Trump. I mean, he has not had any bombastic outbursts. His, you know, he's not out tweeting crazy stuff. Um, But he does tend to speak like everyday people. He's an unpolished politician. And people relate to that. And while the media and the pundits and the critics all laugh at that, what they don't realize is that they're laughing at 80% of the prop, you know, population. Most people do identify with a guy like Doug Ford. The one thing I will say is um, the Doug Ford that we see today is not the same as the Doug Ford that was in office with his brother when you had all of that crazy you know, bullying and running around and the bombastic behavior. He has really kind of mellowed. Toronto has never seen a politician quite like Ford before. Rob Ford admitted to smoking crack cocaine. Mr. Mayor, do you smoke crack cocaine? Yes, I have smoked crack cocaine. Probably in one of my drunken stupors, probably. Yes, Mayor Rob Ford is battling a very rare form of cancer. The diagnosis is a malignant liposarcoma. I just want to acknowledge what I think people are seeing on their uh, on their social media that uh, Rob Ford has died and I just want For to, Rob uh, Ford's supporters it is clear the controversies the scandals never mattered one bit. Rob Ford put a, put Toronto on the map. In a good way though? Controversial. We, we, we were the butt of jokes for a long time. I know my dad is in a better place now. And he's the mayor of heaven now. And I know that my brother Rob is looking down from heaven. I'm just getting chills talking about him right now. His brother's death has affected him greatly. You know, if you talk to him privately, it it will bring him to tears just to even think about it. But he, he and I had a discussion. He said, I feel like for the first time I'm kind of on my own, my own feet carving out this new this new path for me. Um, And you can tell that they have really, really, really managed him. And that's a problem for him because people like the Doug Ford. He's kind of like a Don Cherry. You don't want to clean up Don Cherry because that's what people like about him. So if Doug Ford gets too polished, he loses that authenticity that I was talking about. um, People will turn on him. From what you're saying, I'm getting this impression that Doug Ford is the exact opposite of the person who was premier, his predecessor, Kathleen Wynne. Well, Kathleen Wynne is enemy number one now to the people of Ontario because plain and simply she disconnected, her government disconnected to the people of Ontario because she simply made life unaffordable. And it was something as, as simple as hydro, which you need and you can't live without. But about a year ago, people started getting bills that used to be $100, and all of a sudden they were $1,000. And so we started hearing stories like every day, people losing their businesses, people losing their homes. And it became very clear that after 15 years, the policies of this government had really started to hurt the people of Ontario, who essentially felt that this government was not listening. Because all you hear from this government is how great the economy is and how great the job creation is. And it kept going on. And everyone is saying, well, why isn't my life getting easier? 
So Kathleen Wynne, um, as much as she adopted a lot of the um, the stuff that she wears, she's part of that government for 15 years, and people have just said enough. Alex, just so I'm clear, in this case, if Doug Ford is the anti-elitist, that makes Kathleen Wynne the elitist. Uh, Yes, I know that term is thrown around a lot. Um, But yeah, because the center of the universe, as we call it, in Toronto, you know, things kind of just go along. Everyone does really well in Toronto, as hard as uh, it is to make ends meet in this city. But when you go outside of Toronto, there's a whole swath, a huge population that say, but what about us? How come we don't have a voice? And they look to Toronto and they look to Queen's Park and they look to people like Kathleen Wynne and say, You guys are doing great, and we're not. And really, Ontario for the last 15 years has just kind of become a big finger-wagging from uh, the provincial government. They they tell you how you're going to live your life, how much it's going to cost, and people are sick of it. We've set course on major game-changing initiatives. On transit and transportation on and pensions, other infrastructure. On our fiscal health and sustainability. On our fair and equal society. The majority mandate we earn together Every is Every one of the things we're doing goes back to the biggest thing of all, growing the economy and creating good jobs for the people of Ontario. There have been comparisons made between Donald Trump and Doug Ford all throughout this campaign. Do you think that those are fair comparisons? From the outset, the premier had said, you know, Doug Ford is a bully, just like Donald Trump. I mean, I've talked about this a lot. If you don't want Trump politics, then don't bring it here. Doug Ford sounds like Donald Trump, and that's because he is like Donald Trump. Do you want America to be ruled by the corrupt political class? We will win this historic election. Together, we will defeat Kathleen Wynne. Together, we will make America great again. Thank you. He believes in a brand of politics that traffics in smears and lies. He'll say anything about anyone at any time. And and we need to be better at that. And that, that means we have to hold our politicians to account of not making it all about the the political hits, as as I was discussing. But, you know, Doug ran on very simple policies, lower taxes, beer in the corner store, things that people can relate to. People can't relate to, I will bring in the Green Energy Act and and bring in subsidization of what, you know, they can't understand those those kind of policies. But what they do remember is, hey, that guy's going to lower my taxes. So do you feel the Ontario campaign is an indicator that U.S.-style politics could become the new norm in Canada? No, I mean, we are just not the same country. We just don't behave the same. And I think, I mean, I think what you're going to see very quickly is just you'll have dedicated reporters who will follow him around just like they do with Donald Trump, trying to find those problems and then, you know, ballooning them up. I mean, there's not a day that we are not hearing about Donald Trump. It's so easy to vilify him. Doug Ford's not nearly like that. But again, he's going to have to be careful. He's going to have to be very measured and he's going to have to deliver because if he doesn't deliver and if he doesn't make him somewhat accessible to the media, he will find himself like Donald Trump, where it's it's us versus them. And and Ontario does not need that right now. It's just uh, been a crazy, crazy ride. Hello, 
Michael Adams here. Hey, Michael, it's Nikki Reitmeyer calling. Yes, yeah, great. Uh, it's great. Do you want to close the door? I'm going to be doing it. Sorry, I was just having a meeting in my office, and now I'm free to <laughs> to chat. And you, But you want to talk about uh, the center of the universe here in uh, Ontario and what's going on, I guess. Michael Adams is the author of the book, Could It Happen Here? Canada in the Age of Trump and Brexit. I was inspired to write that book by the election of Donald Trump on November 8th, 2016. I actually... Didn't, I, I started the evening drinking Chardonnay. I ended with a good scotch, and the next morning I banged out a book proposal because I knew that Canadians would be concerned about whether or not uh, the kind of populism they were seeing with Trump and his election, uh, that they'd be concerned about that. I knew that because polls had shown that if Canadians had voted in the American election, uh, overwhelmingly they would have voted for Hillary Clinton, the, the Democratic candidate. And that was true even among conservatives in Canada and even in Alberta. What is the definition of populism? What exactly is populism? I, I think populism is a reaction against what is seen as elite policies that seem to be appealing to higher income, better educated people, and where there's kind of a backlash against the the smart people, the people in, you know, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and so on, or even in cities who are progressive, who are always looking at more government, more taxes. There is a backlash against that among people who I think feel that they're left behind or who are not benefiting from an activist state. And so you get this kind of movement. Uh, But I don't think we're going to get the kind of populism we're seeing in the United States and Europe, where the populism is going to be anti-minorities, anti-immigrant, anti-refugees, it would take a flood of refugees coming into our country illegally for us to have the kind of backlash you're seeing in the United States and Europe. Um, so I, I think that populism of people feeling they've been left behind, you will see it in Canada. But, of course, we have fewer people now who feel that they've been left behind. So it's it's that balance between uh, you know how much people are willing to pay and who is paying and the growth of the state. This is kind of the politics that I think we've seen throughout our history. So this is kind of our own brand of populism that we're seeing in Ontario. Yeah, I think we are. And and we're also seeing a, a populism of the left in the New Democrats. I mean, this is kind of unique. I mean, there is almost an equal proportion of a kind of a populism on the left. And of course, we have that tradition in Canada that never happened in the United States. And that's the tradition of uh, democratic socialism that uh, first evidenced itself in Saskatchewan after the uh, Second World War, where you get the CCF and Tommy Douglas. Uh, Our populism is not one that's going to roll back public health care or public education, but it is going to be one that's going to have some populist elements in it, as Doug Ford has promised for reducing the gas tax. Uh, he's going to give us beer and wine in the corner store. You know, so there are elements in it that are populist. And then the populism of the left, of course, is expanding the social welfare state. And you've got the NDP promising pharmacare, promising dental care. Uh, these are all things that a large number of, of Ontarians want to have happen. So we're seeing both kinds of populism here in Ontario. But the the kind of thing we're seeing here in Ontario is not at all like we're seeing in Europe and the United States. The Conservatives 
are engaged in a classical anti-elitist, anti-government backlash against liberal rule. You know, in terms of anti-elitism, I mean, that is, of course, we're such an elitist country that the backlash is going to be anti-elitist. So that's what we're seeing here in Ontario. We're certainly not seeing any xenophobia. In fact, I think uh, Doug Ford's doing a pretty good job in appealing to immigrants and second-generation uh, people here, minorities. So I think it's very much in in a, in a Canadian tradition rather than us being a footnote to what's going on in the United States or Europe. So, well, he's not xenophobic like what we're arguably seeing with other populist leaders around the world. Doug Ford can still be defined, though, as a populist politician. Yeah, to a T, I think. He speaks that way. He talks about, you know, the elites. I don't know whether he ever went to college or university, so he's kind of got, you know, half of us go to college or university, half of us don't go. And maybe as time goes on and and a premium is, is placed on having a college or university education, other people who don't are kind of feeling maybe left behind and are kind of worried about about their futures and will they be forgotten. And I think he is kind of representing a lot of people who uh, are feeling left behind by the knowledge economy, by economy that's putting greater emphasis on uh, education in the STEM subject, science, technology, you know, engineering, mathematics, and so on. So there is that kind of a backlash. There's probably also a bit of a backlash against unions. We have, you know, nearly a third of of our workforce is unionized. A lot of them are in the public sector. And so there's going to be those who aren't in unions maybe are going to think they they are privileged and they can hold us all to ransom. So there's going to be, you know, a little bit bit of backlash against that. And he he can kind of represent that. Um, and, uh, you know, beer and wine in the corner store, $1 beer, and they're reducing the gas tax. These are the kinds of things that a populist leader would promise. His style may be something that people don't like, or at least some people don't like. Is it going to look very much like Mike Harris or like Ralph Klein in Alberta? I would suspect that's the kind of government we're going to get, and it's going to be within the normal range of the kinds of governments that we've, we get in this country. So it sounds like you're saying that populism is by no means new to Canada, but it is a global trend. Do you think then that we could see more populist politicians across Canada in future elections, not just Ontario? It could if if we see a increase in unemployment, uh, if there's a downturn in the economy, if government tax revenues are falling. We've always had populism in Canada. We've always had populist backlashes. We had the United Farmers of Alberta. We've had the progressives in the 1920s, the CCF, then the NDP. That was we we had the populism on the on the left, and then with you know the Reform Party and 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 the Harper Conservatives' populism on the right. I'm not even, and I could be talking about Quebec too. There's a populism there. So populism is actually not new to Canada. It's actually in our DNA. Just as elitism is in our DNA, anti-elitism, the backlash against the elites, the elite accommodation, all of that that's been our history is part of our history. People should be looking at things that have happened in Canada, our history, and be seeing it more consistent with our own history than following uh, Donald Trump or Victor Orban and Hungary or things going on in the rest of the world. A lot of it has to do with the Canadian economy 
Canadian history, the Canadian institutions, and so on. It's not unprecedented. It has happened a lot in our history right across the country. Michael, thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you, Nikki. And uh, ask me uh, maybe in a year, what do I think about Doug Ford's administration here in uh, here in Ontario? Uh, he may surprise me. Who knows? This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and myself, Nikki Reitmeyer. Now you can get a hold of us through email, thisiswhy at globalnews.ca. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoyed the This Is Why podcast, please take a minute to rate it on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Tell us what you think, and please tell a friend about the show as well. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next Friday.